Hey everyone, and welcome to the All It Takes a Goal podcast, the best place in the entire world, including all of Canada, to learn how to build new thoughts, new actions, and new results. I'm your host, John Acuff, and today I'm going to tell you why you feel like you don't have enough time. Have you ever felt that way? Like you're running around stressed out and your to-do list is too long and you don't have enough time to finish everything? Me too. I've felt that way before. And I'm going to show you the quickest, easiest way to get to the heart of the problem. You are going to absolutely love the tool I share with you today. But first, let's hear a quick word from the sponsor of today's episode. Quick question. What if you could guarantee the success of your goals? No, seriously. The book you want to write? Guaranteed. The business you want to start? Guaranteed. The exercise plan you want to stick with? Guaranteed. What if no goal was off limits? It's possible with the Guaranteed Goals community. The Guaranteed Goals community is my first ever membership program where you'll find the courage, connection, and most importantly, the community you need to win all your goals. Ever since I started hosting online challenges with tens of thousands of people from around the world, the number one request people sent me was for a private, non-Facebook community where we can all work on our goals together. That's why I created the Guaranteed Goals community on a user-friendly platform where you won't be overwhelmed with endless dance videos, silly reels, and dog memes. Inside this community, in addition to learning my fail-proof formula for achieving goals, you'll get access to a massive course library, check-ins with my team for accountability, the chance to win awesome prizes, 12 VIP Q&A sessions with me, the ability to team up with other members who are working on similar goals as you, and so much more. A year from now, I want you to be thankful for the way you invested in yourself and your goals today. Join me at acuff.me slash goals. That's A-C-U-F-F dot M-E backslash goals. I'll see you there. All right, let's jump into today's episode, which is about time. And my wife actually inspired this episode because recently my wife Jenny said to me something I wasn't expecting. She said, John, you have four full-time jobs. That was her polite way of saying, you're a workaholic and will probably have a stress-related heart attack eventually. Definitely in the next few years if you don't figure out how to change that. Jenny does not mess around when it comes to telling me the truth. For instance, when I'm being a jerk, she'll often say, hey, why don't you go for a run? I feel like you haven't jogged lately. That's her polite way of saying, you, you need some endorphins. You're being a jerk right now. She hadn't said the four full-time job statement before. That was new. So I asked her to unpack it. Unpack it being a phrase we learned in marriage counseling. And she said, well, your speaking career is a full-time job. For the average person, 50 to 60 events a year with as many clients as you have would constitute a full-time job. The second full-time job you have, John, is writing books. Writing books is a full-time job. You just signed a four-book deal, you have a new book releasing this fall, a different book due this fall, and a different, different book due next fall. Full-time job. You also teach online and do three different challenges a year, three different course launches a year, and do coaching for a few hundred people. So my online community is a full-time job. So that's three different full-time jobs. Now, the podcast, I guess, could be a full-time job down the road, but I, I don't want to count that one. Running a company, though, being a CEO, that's a full-time job. Those are four full-time jobs right there. That was what she said to me. She said, essentially, you've got a lot of jobs. Now, I think being a leader could easily or a CEO could easily be part of one of those other three jobs, though. So, like, I'm the CEO of a speaking business. 
Those aren't two separate jobs. But her point was that I had overcommitted myself. And unless I did something about it, the whole thing was going to fall apart. Have you ever felt that way? Do you ever overcommit? Um, do you ever overpromise? Do you ever overexaggerate what you can get done in a day, a week, or a month? We all have. But I think it's a bigger epidemic right now because of the pandemic. Why? Well, because when the pandemic paused your normal work, you pivoted and took on new work. Now, though, in 2023, as the normal work has returned, you didn't stop doing the new work you picked up during the pandemic. You just folded the normal work back into the new work and created a double workload for yourself. That's what's happened to me. And I think it happened to a lot of people. It also happens during recessions. Let's say you were part of a three-member team at work. They eliminate one of the roles because of the recession and divide the work amongst you and your coworker. Now you're doing 1.5 jobs. And often they'll say, hey, we're going to hire someone else. But a year later, you still have the same workload. And now you're doing one and a half jobs or two jobs. So how do you get to the heart of this problem? and really identify what's going on with your time. How can you possibly change when we don't have enough time to even do the things we've already committed to? Because when you're overcommitted, there's no room for new things. There's no room for new opportunities, new ideas. How do we fix this? We do a time check. That's what I did when my wife called me out on my workaholism. It's an easy exercise that I'll teach you today. There's a couple steps. I'm gonna walk you through them step by step. This is gonna be one of those podcasts where if you're able to take notes, get ready to take some notes because there's specific things I'm going to suggest you do. Sometimes the podcasts, they're, they're light and airy. I share some ideas, they're motivational. This is much more of a tool podcast. Like I'm going to teach you a tool that I use that I think will help you. So if you want to do a time check, step one is calculate how many weeks are left in the year. So whenever you're listening to this right now, it could be next year, it could be later this year, whenever it is, just calculate how many weeks are left in the year. When I did this, there were 39 weeks left in the year. All I did was count them up. It's very easy. A child could do this stuff. Step two, add up the vacation time you want to take for the rest of the year. So here's how that broke down for me. Um, I'm going to take off July. I'm going to take four weeks off in July. It's something I did last summer. I'm going to do it this summer, four weeks off in July. Thanksgiving, I'm going to take off a week. Um, Christmas, I'm going to take off two weeks. We're going to Flagstaff as a family. I've never been to Flagstaff. We're going to take a week. So when you add those up, four weeks in July, one week at Thanksgiving, two weeks at Christmas, one week at Flagstaff, that equals eight weeks. Step three, subtract your vacation weeks from the total work weeks that are left. So that's really simple math, right? I said there's 39 work weeks in the year left. I want to take eight weeks off. That's 31 weeks left. 31 weeks left. Step four, estimate how many hours of work you want to average each week. So roughly speaking, how many hours do you want to work each week? No, no judgment here, by the way. Your number can be anything. If you're at the start of your career and you're like in grind season, awesome. If you're in a crazy busy moment and putting in a ton of hours, cool. If you want to cut your hours back, great. I estimated that on average, I want to work 45 hours a week. Um, there have been seasons of my life where I've done 60 to 70 hours a week. A hundred percent that's happened to me. But at this season of my career, this moment, 
I want to work on average 45. I say average because that's going to fluctuate. I mean, we're not trying to get stuck with perfectionism here. That's going to go up and down. Some weeks it'll be 60, some weeks it'll be 40, some weeks it'll be 32. It's going to be all over the place. But on an average, for the next 31 weeks, I want to average 45 hours a week. I personally tend to be like that fish that grows to the size of his fishbowl. You know, like if you give me 50 hours to work each week, my projects take, guess what, 50 hours. If you give me 45, they take 45 hours. So get your number. Estimate how many hours in an average week you want to work. Then step five, multiply your work weeks times your average weekly amount of hours you want to work. Again, very simple math. I said that I want to work 31 weeks the rest of the year. Cool. I want to work an average of 45 hours each week. Cool. That gives me 1,395 hours to play with. Now I, now I have a real number, 1,395 hours. Most people never do that. They just go, I'm really busy. I have so much to do. They never stop and go, wait, 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 wait a second. How much time do I really have? Like how much, how much is, is in play right now? What's really going on? And it's funny to me, in other goals, we will do that. We will get to the kind of like granular math level. Like we'll say things like, oh, here's how many calories I'm eating, or here's how much debt I'm paying off. But time in general, man, we, we rarely get specific. But I just got a little bit specific. So I have 1,395 hours. Now I go to step six. Assign rough hours to all your work commitments. The key word here is rough. Don't get stuck in perfectionism with this step. We're looking for estimates. So what I did, I broke down the two big things I do. I do projects and I do weekly meetings. So for example, I know this fall, I'm going to launch a new challenge. I have um, a online goal community called the Guaranteed Goal Community. You can find out more about it at acuf.me slash goals. It's an amazing community of people, tons of content, tons of interaction, tons of encouragement. And I know I'm going to launch a challenge and a course this fall. So I went through and said, okay, if I'm going to do five lessons, they usually take me about three hours to write each and one hour to record. So that's four hours each times five lessons. Guess what's that? 20 hours. If I'm going to do a VIP, because I always do kind of a VIP session where I answer questions, they take me about two hours each. Five times two is 10. If I'm going to do a challenge, like an online free challenge, with three lessons, three hours to write, one hour to record. Um, okay, so that's that's nine hours. If I'm going to do VIP for that, that's eight hours. Okay, so that's four sessions times two hours, it's eight hours. And then there's miscellaneous. Like every project has miscellaneous things I can't predict. Let's estimate six hours. So then I go 20 plus 10 is 30. 30 plus nine is 39. 39 plus eight is 47. 47 plus six is 53. I now have 53 hours assigned to that project. Awesome. Okay. 53 hours. I can, I can deal with that. Cool. So then I say, okay, what about meetings? Well, I know every week I have an hour long meeting with my assistant, Ashley. So one hour times 31 weeks, 31 hours. GN, um, my social media guy, we meet half an hour once a week, half an hour times 31, 15.5. I have a standing team meeting. That's about an hour. We call it an L10. That's 31 hours. Quarterly meetings. We're going to do two more of those. They're three hours each. That's six hours. I can total it up pretty easily. 
I have 83 and a half hours of meetings on the books for the rest of the year. I did that for all the work, all the work I knew about. I just went through and estimated. And so like if it was a speaking event, say I was going to speak, I'm like this week I'm going to San Antonio and Phoenix. I estimated eight hours of work per day because a, a full day is eight hours. And it usually takes me about two days to do a speaking engagement. So that's 16 hours per. So I know I've got X amount of events already booked times 16. I can start to get the hours. Now, the question you should be asking is, well, what about, what about the work you don't know about? There's going to be surprises, John. I can't predict every hour. Of course not. Of course not. New opportunities are always unexpected. I like to think about it this way. Opportunity grows best in the margins. It grows best in the margins of your life, not in the plan section. There's going to be a client you weren't expecting who calls you. There's going to be a small project that succeeds and becomes a big project. There's going to be an easy project that's more difficult than you anticipated and demands twice as much time as you budgeted. Why did I say demands that way? That was weird, right? Demands. It's going to demand twice as much time as you expected. There are going to be opportunities and challenges this year that you can't perfectly plan for right now. So I recommend a 15 to 20% weekly estimate for planned, like for unplanned commitments. Sorry, let me say that again. I recommend a 15 to 20% weekly estimate for unplanned commitments. So if I want to work 45 hours a week and I assume 20% of my week will be unplanned, then I have nine hours per week of unplanned time. Nine hours times 31 weeks equals 279 hours. So in my grand total, I included 279 hours of unplanned opportunities, unplanned commitments, unplanned activities, etc. I'll also estimate things like email. If I'm going to spend an hour and a half a week on email, that will cost me 46.5 hours the rest of the year. Now, I don't get super, super, super granular because I don't want to wake up my perfectionism. Like, I don't include things like eating lunch or commuting or things like that. This part of the process took me about 90 minutes to do. It took me about an hour and a half to complete because I kept remembering commitments that I needed to add. I also had my assistant help me find anything I forgot. So it's an exercise you can do with a team member. The next step is I subtracted the total commitments from my total number of hours available. So I added up all the work hours that I'd committed to, and then I subtracted that from the total number of hours that I want to work the rest of the year. So when I added up all my commitments like for the rest of the year, the total was 1,915 hours. So all the things I've committed to, the things I've committed to plus the 20% that is just going to be unplanned equaled 1,915 hours of work that I wanted to get done. That wouldn't be a problem, but you remember the amount of hours I had available for the rest of the year? 1,395. Yowza. Let's, let's do that math. 1,395 hours that are available minus 1,915 hours of commitments equals 520 hours. I was 520 hours in the hole. I was missing 520 hours divided by 45 hours per week. That means I was missing 11 and a half weeks. I am almost an entire quarter of a year short. Do you know why I am stressed out? Do you know why I feel stressed? Because I am trying to accomplish five quarters of work in a year that contains four quarters. Do you know why 
you feel out of time? Do you know why you feel out of time? You feel out of time because you are out of time. Everyone listening to this right now is out of time, which brings up our last step. The last step of this simple time audit is adjust accordingly. When you get your number, adjust accordingly. When you're hit with a harsh reality like this, if you have a deficit, and I think everyone listening to this podcast is going to have some degree of a deficit, you have six options. There's really six things you can do. Number one, work more hours. I could say, you know what? I'll fix this math by instead of working 45 hours a week, I'll work 50 hours a week. And that five times 31 will buy me another extra 150-ish hours. Like you can fix it by working more hours. Number two, you can cancel commitments. Maybe you are overcommitted and you need to go through your list of commitments and go, nope, nope, nope. Why did I say yes to that? I should have said no, nope. You could, number three, ask for help. You can ask for help. You can request help from people. You can delegate some of the work that you're doing. Number four, you can delay projects. You could say, you know what? This project isn't for this year. When I looked at the amount of projects I had, I realized, whoa, this needs to go in 2024 or this needs to go in 2025. Number five, you can decrease the quality. That's an option. Like you could say, okay, this project doesn't deserve my best focus. Like this project doesn't matter. We don't like to talk about that, but there are some projects that deserve B minus effort. I know we're like, no, you should always give 120%. I learned that lesson. And I think I've said this story a billion times on this podcast, but I'm about to say it again. I was working at Home Depot and I was writing two things, a postcard for a sale on rugs and a 96 page catalog um, for our entire brand. And my manager came over to me and she said, hey, no offense, um, that postcard for the rugs is going to be forgotten the second it leaves this building. Nobody's going to remember that. Like you're spending a ton of creative time on that. You're coming up with possible like headlines and subtitles, and you're really putting some amazing creative effort into it. It doesn't need that. The headline is buy one, get one free Memorial day weekend. That's it. She said this other project, the 96 page catalog, that's the one you're avoiding. You're avoiding doing the hard work on that one. That one, everyone in the building is going to look at focus there. Some projects you need to decrease the quality. And the last one, number six option, you can create systems for greater efficiencies. Maybe there's a way to do what you're doing with more efficiency. So one, work more hours. Two, cancel commitments. Three, ask for help. Four, delay projects. Five, decrease the quality. Or six, create systems for greater efficiencies. So... Which one should you do? Well, all six options work at different times of your life. None of them are bad. And it really depends on your unique circumstances. If you're already working 60-hour work weeks right now, working more, that might not be the solution. It might not. You might need to cancel some commitments or you might need to ask for help. Now, on the other hand, if you're 24 years old right now, like you're fresh out of college, you're trying to get a job in a field that's different from your major and you don't have any kids or a serious relationship, like work more hours might be the best solution. I might say to you, oh, you should start getting up at like 5.30 a.m. and doing an extra two hours of work every day just to kind of get this ball rolling. Or, oh, you might need to do some Saturday afternoon work or some, some work at night. Like maybe more hours is a solution. I would say that this exercise, as simple as it is, because I mean, the summary is really simple. You add up how many weeks are left in the year. You add up how many weeks you want to work, you know, and have vacation. You get that number. 
Then you add up how many uh, hours you want to work in a week, and then you get that number. And then you add up all your commitments, and you see, okay, is there a deficit? Chances are there's going to be. The exercise is very simple, but I would imagine 95% of the people listening to this right now won't do this exercise. And the reason why is the same reason I ignored this idea for years. Ignorance is bliss. It is. I knew, for years I knew I was overcommitted, but I was afraid to really look at that reality. It's like the person who doesn't want to know if they have cancer, so they don't go to the doctor, which allows the cancer a chance to grow. So by putting it off, they create the situation that they're actually afraid of. But here's the amazing thing about exercises like this. When you know what's going on, you can change what's going on. Until you're brave enough to look at the problem, you can't create a solution. Let me say that again. Until you're brave enough to look at the problem, you can't create a solution. If you're feeling like you're out of time and you never have enough time, the reason why is simple. You don't have enough time. Take the first step toward fixing that and figure out your deficit. Figure out if you have a deficit. Now, if you really want to work on this, sign up for the Guaranteed Goals community. Sign up. Today was just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to simple tools I've discovered to help you accomplish more with minimal stress and maximum fun. That's my goal. Minimum stress, maximum fun. Check out the Guaranteed Goals community, acup.me slash goals. Thank you so much for listening to today. I hope that this is a tool you'll try because I think you'll be surprised by what you find out. We'll put all the links in the show notes as always. And thank you for reviewing my podcast. Here's one from Sunflower that I loved. Sunflower says, five stars for John without an H. Thank you for spelling my name correctly, Sunflower. Appreciate that. She says, fantastic podcast. John is full of ideas and he interviews successful business owners to give you even more tips and strategies to boost your own success. I've listened and then listened again to almost every episode. I just requested at my local library order the book soundtracks. Guess what? They did. I just picked it up and will listen to chapter one via podcast episode 12 before reading the rest of the book in paper form. That's awesome, Sunflower, and so encouraging. So please keep those reviews coming and please make sure you subscribe or follow so that you don't ever miss another episode. I'll see you next Monday. And remember, all it takes is a goal. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the All It Takes is a Goal podcast and to get access to today's show notes and exclusive content from John Acuff, visit acuff.me slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the All It Takes is a Goal podcast. Thank you.